This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. The mornings are so hard to get up and doing things and it's true. I um go ahead. Oh no, I had an <clears throat> I had an article that I didn't decide to use because it was annoying. Mm. But it was basically like you don't have to feel like getting out of bed. You just have to do it. Okay. And, and I was like, well, that is annoying. Simmer down here. <laughs> that is annoying. Um, I did get up really quickly this morning because we were currently getting a storm right now. And I was like, okay, it hasn't started raining yet. You got to get that dog outside before it starts raining. It's so exciting that you're getting a storm. It is. It's very exciting. I want a storm. What does it look like to have other than scolding sun upon you over there? So the sky is really gray. It's pretty dark. uh, I I had to turn on a lamp. Wow. Um, which I normally don't have to do. Like the lamp wasn't even plugged in. Wow. Yes. And now everything looks very green because it's covered in, in water. Okay. So it's been an exciting 30 minutes so far. That's great. I last night decided because of course my grass has, has gotten a little long, obviously, because you have to mow it like once a week usually, but I haven't because hot. So hot. Because so, that'll kill it. So you can't. Yeah, well, so I decided I had a mow last night. Oh. Because all the neighbors did. And then I looked oh, like those the, fuckers. The one unruly front yard. So, anyways, hot mowing the yard. And then I decided that I had a again a few plants that I needed to put in pots. And I had some hosta that I had taken from my parents' place that I was gonna put around my flagpole because I'm a better American mm-hmm. than most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so I was like, I need to put these hostas in the ground as opposed to them sitting in a bucket. And then I got my postal digger out and I started postal digging. Oh my goodness. And the ground is so hard yes. and so hot because there is no, <laughs> no moisture in it. So then I was sweating and thinking about the entire time, like, why? Why am I doing this? Why is this a thing? Like, we don't need these hosta. Why is this a thing? All in all, to decide to come inside and I needed to have a shower and I decided that I could have a shower beer. Oh, nice. Yes. But I don't think I've actually, first off, it was a novelty item that I thought that this was a cool idea because like, ah, look at me. I'm being so cool because <laughs> I don't think that I have had a shower beer maybe since I was Maybe since like the first year I lived with you. Mm, mm-hmm. Like a very, very, very long time. So I get in the shower with with <laughs> my Bud Light, which is the same Bud Light that has been sitting in the fridge since you were here last time. That one can of Bud Light is, is a holdover. Did I bring it with me? Why did no, why is there no no we bought some and then we put them upstairs oh. and there was like gotcha. We had a, a grain belt. One remaining grain belt has laid there and a Bud Light. Anyway, so I grabbed it and I take it into the shower. Do, 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 do. Then I get in the shower and I realize that I'm like halfway done with my shower and I haven't even opened my shower beer. I was like, shit. Okay. <laughs> so then I open it and then I'm like, well, 
where do I, because, you know, we have like the water that comes down from the top of your yeah, head. Very fancy shower. And I'm like, yeah. where, 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 where do I, where do I put my beer? So it doesn't get wet. Where do, where do I do this? So then, you know, on the other side of a shower, we have these little shower heads that like shoot sideways and impale you from a different direction. <laughs> and I was like, ha, huh, I will rest said shower beer on these little thingies, which was a great spot. Only then for me to realize that after I put my beer there, that's where my loofah hangs for when I move it. To make a very long story short, (laughs) my shower beer kind of was a failure. And I'm kind of sad that I am just such a loser that I couldn't do it accurately. And then I got out of the shower and I didn't even finish my beer. So I like, I'm so boring. (laughs) That is a lot. There's a lot to go wrong. One, one short amount of time. Yeah, it's it's not great. It wasn't because the, wasn't the great. shower beer is your reward for hard work. And but then do I have to like stay in the shower longer? Is that what you're supposed to do? Well, how long does it take you to drink a beer? Well, I'm not gonna chug it in like two. I mean, like I'm probably <laughs> in and out of the shower in under five minutes. So oh my god, the <laughs> noises, breast cancer. What's that is your United Healthcare? Yeah, it's the United Healthcare article. Jeez. Um, so anyways, five minutes, and if you halfway through you forget that you did a shower beer, that's it's true. It's hard. And it's not it's not for everyone. Well, I want it to be for me. (laughs) Well, then you just have to you just have to try again. We have to practice more. (laughs) It was so ridiculous. I was like this. I was even my, trying to be cool and I couldn't do it. My friend Deb tried to talk me into shower coffee and I was like, absolutely not that there's nothing about that. That would work. What makes the shower beer is the difference in temperatures. Right. But if you have a hot shower and a hot coffee, well, that's, that's ridiculous. It doesn't go. It's like sitting in a hot tub and drinking coffee. Yeah. Oh, gross. It just made me hot. Ugh. No, I started what, sweating just thinking about it. What do you have going on? Um, I have um, <clears throat> another weekend of fun. Okay. Planned for Shot Girl Summer. It's the middle of June. Yes. And I've already done so much. <laughs> uh, tonight, we're going to the Worthing Dinner Theater to see Godspell. And then very tomorrow- excited to hear about the food. Yes, I am excited for this entire experience. <clears throat> Can't wait. Then um, tomorrow there's like a annual spring junk fest, uh, a couple five, 10 miles or so outside of Sioux Falls. And so is that Kate's, really just a rummage sale? It it seems to be more of like a like a smaller version of that Minneapolis junk fest that we went to. I'm very so, hopeful like, that that is what it is. Um, my parents have gone, so they said it was it was fun. So it's just an outdoor flea market, antique store kind of thing. Okay. okay. Less like shoes that you don't want anymore and more like nice whatever. So okay. we're going to do that and then hit up um, the Red Rock Bar in Ro- Rowena. Um, wow. And then, then I'm not sure the rest of the Saturday is up in the air because it's going to be so hot. And then I'm going to come see you. Isn't that the birthday party? Yeah, that's the birthday party slash going away party for. Okay. Franny. Oh, how exciting. 
I know. When you're and here, already this week, I already went to North Dakota on Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Just such a regional traveler. I really am. I really am. So much regional travel. Carmen oh, I got new tires. Me- Sorry. I got new Carmen tires. Also told me that she was going to do an 18 hour road trip uh, coming up in August. And we all are going to benefit from this content gaining experience. So I'm keep, keep logging those miles, keep conditioning yourself. I know. Um, yes. My plan is to go to New York uh, state Mm-hmm. And then Vermont, because I only have two states left. So I set a goal to see both Vermont and Idaho before I turn 43. So I gave myself like a year and a little bit. Yeah. And I think I might check off Vermont in September. So then what will be the last state remaining? Idaho will be the last state, last Idaho. state holdout. Well, Garth Brooks is having a concert there. Do you want me to book something? Um, that does sound great. Good. I'll do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> my friend Ellen used to live in Coeur d'Alene, so I think I'm going to try and do that with her. But of course, that's on the like far side of Idaho. But yeah. So doesn't take... Idaho have that like tall, skinny part? Like, can't you just go there and say like you've been on both sides of it? I mean, I could. But I, we're not on Idaho yet. We're on Vermont. And I found oh, a cute little town right over the border. Do you think driving to Idaho is less hours than driving to I Vermont? Know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I guess I never thought that to visit your last two states, we could do a road trip there. Like that was something that never popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many oysters in the sea. I know. And then I was like, what do you do once you've reached all 50? Pretty sure you start over. No, you just become one of those fucking miserable people. That's like, I've been to every state. Oh, for sure. Every icebreaker, (laughs) two truths and a lie. I've been to every state. I lived in Bahrain and (laughs) (laughs) my big toe curls sideways. Which one's the lie? And then you're like, I have been to every state. That's, that's see that's not happen. a good one because i talk about it all the time so people already know about it <laughs> like that that is exactly what's going to happen once you once you obtain the goal i mean do you have a quarter do you have a quarter for every state i don't have a quarter for every state oh carmen i also that's don't have do. i don't have a map um you know where you like track your chart your course or anything oh and honestly, some of these states, I couldn't tell you like where in the state I've been, but mm. okay, I was there. It counts. <laughs> I don't know where I was at, but I know I was there. It was that I was there. That that's wonderful. I do have another update to tell everybody. Well, um, don't keep us waiting. And on this day, June 11th, I have another hobby. I have a new hobby. <laughs> and so oh, I watched 2021. I have, I've bought a drone. I have bought a drone (laughs) and not just like a little drone, like thousand dollar drones. Um, and it is so cool now. What, what, um, mm -hmm. it's a big chunk of your fun money right there. Well, so here's, here's, here's how this works. Carmen, my work, (laughs) my lovely employer, 
gave mm. us a bunch of award points. Um, and I spent some of my award points on my drone. Perfect. So technically, I can't get in trouble with the budget master because <laughs> not real money and <laughs> didn't swipe the credit card. But I bought this like thousand plus dollar drone. And it is so cool, mainly because they look fun to fly. And totally. I want to when I get skinny. Have you ever seen mm. the skinny people that are like laying on a boat and they like have the picture taken from above them on like and you just see abs? That's <laughs> what I wanted. That's what I want to do. Um, and so I got like, of course, not a beginner's drone. I just went straight for yeah. like, let's just do this. I expect nothing less. And it has all of these things, which I can't quite figure out yet. I can't fly it here at my house because I'm in a no fly zone because mm-hmm. I'm too close to the airport. Um, so that's a bummer, but it's probably better, best that I'm not like flying a drone and peeping over my neighbors. Like that's <laughs> probably, probably a good thing to do. But I did register my drone with the FAA. Because so now I'm a licensed drone operator. Sure. um, Sure. Which is exciting. But get this. So you're like practically a pilot. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent a pilot. I mean, we have the same little yokes and things. I think they call them yokes. So, Mm -hmm. um, but my drone can fly like seven plus seven miles away from me, which seems cool. And it can fly at like 42 miles an hour which also sounds super cool. Um, And more than anything, what I really want it for is to be on the lake. It has this thing called like active track or whatever. So you can like fly it up, push a little button and it can like basically like a heat sink on somebody. Right. Same way as like a missile does. (laughs) And then like if you were tubing or skiing on the lake, the drone will literally like fly a set distance behind you and just like videotape your activities. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I am going to be, I might I mean, like go back to working weddings or something. That's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like where they need some aerial <laughs> photography. Do, do your parents need a picture of their, their, their farm place? Uh, they do. You know, like they those do. are, those are popular, right? Don't all the old people love those? Everybody needs an aerial yes. picture of their and they house. Are, they are getting the house and the barn and the outbuildings painted. So this would be a perfect year to oh, get them an aerial. So I should photo. come and just pop a few pictures just so we can. Yeah. I mean, we'll come. We'll go to the Gary Bar. We'll do some aerial photography. It's going to be big. It's going to be, be big. big. So really excited to see what June Hobby Month uh, brings <laughs> and who knows we'll, we'll be playing with the drone this weekend I, I gotta learn how to take off it also has a button where it can like launch itself and land itself and I don't have to do anything so that's also kind of cool well it's a good thing you didn't get the cheap drone I know because those end up in trees really fast <laughs> what are you reading what are you reading over there what am I reading well I saw a couple TikToks about people. People were talking about United Healthcare, and they were, you know, pretending to be evil insurance geniuses. And 
I've stopped saying things like that can't possibly be true because you're like, yes, insurance companies are evil. Of course, they've come up with a new way to deny your claims. And so I had to go look it up. So this is actually from Care 11 up in the cities. And the article is titled United Healthcare Delays Plan to Deny ER Coverage for Certain Visits. Um, now you'll you'll notice that they they're still going to do it. They they're just delaying the that plan. So what they basically came up with was uh, people use they feel that people use the ER for non-emergency things, and they're just tired of paying for it. And so they um, announced uh, probably this week that it's um, going to change its policy. So in 37 states, um, <clears throat> they're doing it to encourage patients to seek urgent care and doctor visits and virtual visits when appropriate. But that if they, the insurance company, decided, which of course they're not doctors, decides that whatever they went to the ER for is not an emergency, according to them, <clears throat> then they don't have to cover it. But so now they're, they're asking the patients who chances are do not have medical degrees either to self-diagnose themselves and decide whether or not they are truly having an emergency rather than just going to the ER to get care. So backlash from consumers, but also medical and hospital groups. And obviously they're like, this is going to lead patients to avoid care or facing financial penalties. And <clears throat> that's when, you know, when the company heard that feedback, they ultimately decided to delay the policy change until after the public health emergency period has expired. So two things, which I'm sure you're not going to be surprised on. I actually think this is a brilliant idea on United Healthcare's. um, side of things twofold. We do use the ER too much. We use the ER too much and people are dumb. And so if you have a cold, if you have a sinus infection, if you have pink eye, you do not need to be going to the ER. I grew up in a medical household and I imagine other people, the pod who have nurses as parents, physicians as parents. If you have a cold or you have a thing, I imagine there are plenty of times it's like, you don't have to go in. You can wait until Monday to go into the clinic right? Like that is a thing that I heard over and over and over again. I had broken bones where again, they would say, we do not need to go in because they're not going to do anything until the swelling goes down. So we do not need to go into the ER right this second. So I do think people are dumb and they think again, if they have this article brings up pink eye, if you have pink eye that you think you immediately need to go into the ER. If you have strep throat, you do not need to be bringing your kid into the ER at 11 o'clock at night. You can wait until the clinic opens the following morning to bring your kid in with strep. And I understand that people don't have medical degrees, so they freak out and go into WebMD and think that they have throat cancer. But that is that is just realistically not, not the case. And so I think that hospital systems have came up with over the course of the last couple decade or so. Um, urgent care has popped up more and more frequently. And I think people aren't smart enough to know what the difference between an urgent care and an ER facility are, right? Like, wouldn't you agree that those are, they're, they are newer facilities? Yes. I do feel like urgent care has become more and more 
Yes. Um, and urgent care is where you need on. to go if you have a cold, something that's not life threatening. If your arm is hanging off by like like a piece of skin, you definitely need to go to an emergency room. But if you are not going to die, we do not mean I mean, and it's expensive to go to the ER. And so when I see that healthcare groups and healthcare systems like we're like, don't do this. Also, while they are medical professionals, these are also huge money-making institutions. There are very few hospitals anymore that are true, like nonprofits, community-based hospitals. That I mean, these are also money-making situations. So, of course, a hospital system like Fairview or or Alina or any of these things do not want insurance companies to stop paying for the incredibly expensive ER costs because that is one of the biggest money generators for hospitals beyond orthopedics, OB, emergency rooms are like a huge money generator. So like, I'm not surprised that they're like, please don't stop people coming from the ER for their cold and send them to urgent care where your article says it is 10 times more expensive to go to the ER as it is to go to urgent care for the exact same situation. So they're not like denying you from getting coverage or seeing somebody about your ailment. They're just telling you to go to the correct location. And so I don't know. I, I, I love also that they are not doing this policy change here in Minnesota, which is where United Healthcare is United Health is based and where all of their employees live. So I do love that. Um, but I, I think assumed general, Minnesota had some kind of law against it because they said it's only going to be going to effect in 37 states and Minnesota's not one. Yeah. And I was like, well, that seems like somehow somewhere Minnesota was like, well, there's either a lot of they're doing a PR situation for their own employees. But um, I think overall, it's no different than your health insurance company telling you that you have to stay in network or you can face higher costs, right? If you go outside of network. Um, to me, it's no different than saying like, don't go to the emergency room, go to the urgent care, which is literally probably on the other side of the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't, I think that this is a lot of hubbub and like, oh, they're horrible for absolutely nothing. They That's are horrible. But they're, they didn't do anything crazy. They're not telling you not to go to the hospital. They're just telling you to go to the correct location. That's 10 times cheaper for all. I mean, as a healthcare, as a policyholder, you also don't want to be paying for everybody to have the most expensive coverage. That's not how health insurance premiums go uh, down. Well, and I was coming at this because I was trying to figure out, and they, of course, don't. This article gives the two like dumbest examples. So yeah. if you have chest pain, do you figure out, like, is it heartburn or is it a heart attack? And that would be covered because based on their three steps, you know, you're not qualified to diagnose that but yes if you go in for pink eye and i want to know who's using i think er for pink eye a lot of people do as a but parent my guess has like is, patients they see the dumbest stuff sure in the emergency room but if you have if you are completely uninsured like i think you end up using the emergency room for your medical care because a primary care provider at avera 
won't see you. You have no insurance. Yes, but this policy won't affect people who are uninsured because if you're no. uninsured, United Healthcare, I mean, it doesn't matter. Right? Doesn't you can do it. they don't pay for you anyway? And I would say if you have ch- if you have chest pains, you should go into the first place first, right? Like you can, we can always escalate you if you are having a heart attack. And urgent cares again are functioning like hospital systems, right? This it's not like you are going to a I don't know, someplace where people aren't equipped to handle what, what you're going through. But it's no different than like, if you're feeling chest pains, you don't immediately show up to the best heart hospital in the state of Minnesota and be like, where the cardi- the best cardiac wing is and be like, here I am, I have chest pains. You would go to like your local clinic and they would transfer you out if something bad is going on. So if you have chest pains, go to the right first step and the right first step is urgent care. Um, so this policy applies only to fully insured employer group plans. However, um, and I just want to say this part up here too, that the, according to United Healthcare, which again, it's their own internal <laughs> report um, from 2019, it says two thirds of emergency room visits, which is 18 million out of 27 million were avoidable according to the insurance company. Um. And those annual unnecessary visits adds to $32 billion in cost to the healthcare system each year. Yes, that, that's an insane amount of money. So if our yes. insurance companies can save $32 billion a year, that does hopefully not only give their CEOs a huge bonus, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but hopefully we would get lower rates. I mean, let's also be realistic that hospital systems do not have to be charging insurance companies $300 for a box of the world's shittiest Kleenexes. So it's also like, like there's, there's a lot to go around, but overall, I think trying to convince people to go to the ER or to the urgent care, as opposed to the ER is a good idea. Um, if you or someone, you know, is struggling with being able to afford health insurance, the uh, federal marketplace is still open for insurance um, to get it's, through the affordable care act through August 15th. It's impressive that there are over 31 million people now that are enrolled in Obamacare. Amazing. It's It's pretty amazing. amazing. And the prices, if you've looked before and it's been too expensive for you, the prices went down April 1st because of the American Rescue Plan Act. So I highly recommend checking again. That's great. Um, Because I have not been reading hard news because hard news is boring and sad and depressing. It really I is. was watching. It took a real turn last week. Oh, it really did. I um, was watching our beloved, as you know, I love CBS this morning. Carmen loves CBS this morning. Gail King is my spirit animal. Everything about it is great. And it kind of starts our day every morning. Well, I was watching the news yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And they had mentioned in the news broadcast that they were moving studios, that they were getting a new studio. And I was like, what? How did I not know this? Did you know this? I did not know this. Yeah. So Tony just like casually dropped it about like, when we get to our new studio this fall. And I was like, what, what is going on? So of course I immediately had to get on the Google machine and come to find out that this news came out on May 20th. So we are weeks behind. Where have we been? Was that, were we in Florida then? I have no idea. The the news also might have been super boring for it was super boring there for a while. 
let's be, let's be honest. But my article is from Variety, basically saying CBS this morning will move to Times Square Studio in the fall. So I, I got a, a few tidbits of information here. One, they have a new boss at CBS this morning. They have a new executive producer who comes from Vice uh, and a couple of other places, which cool, good for them. But I, I didn't know this either. So Shauna Thomas is our new, our new captain of the ship. And they are moving locations because they are currently like north of Times Square, closer to Central Park. But they are going to move to the heart of Times Square. And this is why I thought was cool. They are basically taking over because they are owned by Viacom. And Viacom owns MTV if you have watched Paramount+. Plus. But they are taking over the TRL stage, the TRL studio. Do you, do you remember TRL and MTV? Mm, no. I mean, no. I, I know the show, but not. I couldn't tell you like where the studio was, obviously. Oh, well, it has huge windows and it literally overlooks. So famous location. So they're going to have this cool background. And they. she did let me know that don't be worried. We're not going to start doing like gimmicky things to try and basically take on again we're not going to try and compete with good morning america right like we are still going to be a hard news program that's what differentiates us we don't do cooking segments we don't do you know clothing segments like and i love it she's like there's nothing wrong with those those are great (laughs) but that just isn't us and i was like thank you thank you much appreciated (laughs) thank you for no longer like i do not need a concert series um from Times Square. That's what the so, Saturday news is for. Yeah, and I don't need to watch that. So I was I was happy about that. Um, but they did say that it is going to give them more space to have some technology and more people. Apparently, they did all of their election night coverage from this new studio to, to simulate what the spaces could do. Um, so apparently, there is a possibility that there could be a couch setting. I don't know if I need a couch. I don't know if I need a couch... They already have a couch in the green room. Like they already sit on a couch and chit chat. So they don't do that very much anymore. It's probably because of COVID. COVID. Yeah. um, But they also talked that uh, CTM has been gaining in the ratings. They're still far beyond, far behind um, GMA and the Today Show, but they're picking up steam, getting some more advertising dollars, which is great, which is great. Um, but we're going to be having a new space. And I'm kind of sad because I like their current location. It seems homey. It mm-hmm, seems mm-hmm. quaint. I like the table. But, you know, this kind of explains the Shauna lady is doing some different things with our show, Carmen. Because it yeah. talks about how, like, Drew Barrymore popped up there for a few days and some other celebrities. And you and I, we're unsure how we feel about this. I I was sure that I did not care for it. Uh, Well, I just, I didn't care for Drew Barrymore, but I did like what Ashley Graham, that was very interesting. So yeah, I just, you know, she's new. Let's let her try some things. Yes. They have that um, football dude who's popping up a whole lot more. I don't know if you've seen him. He's been, he's like, he's there for a while yesterday. He is pretty. So we're going to get a new location with some, fancy people and some lights and stuff behind them. I'm excited for that. I kind of do want to see Gail King out on the street. Wouldn't that be great to like (laughs) 
Carmen, if they do like what the Today Show does, where they have like a a pen of people outside with signs in the morning in like down jackets, like waiting to see Katie Kirk and Matt Lauer. <laughs> do you think you and I can take a trip to New York and literally sit outside and just pray that Gail King walks by and touches our hand? I do. I do think that. I think we could do that. Okay. I'm, I'm on the one end of the road trips. <laughs> That's true. You can, you can I'll, hop in the Subaru and come I'll, with us. I'll meet you there. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> driving across in the, in the road trip with you. I love you, but that would for sure end our friendship. Uh, That's uh, not true. We've, we've done some short trips together. I bet we could handle it. Not a, not an 18 hour road trip, which actually is like 36 hours. Cause it, it's there and back. Yes. I, I do have to come back. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right time for more coffee uh so i had this big work meeting in havana north dakota this week and one of the things that we talked about as far as you know the healthcare crisis really is a giant there there are just so many little crises crises mm-hmm underneath the umbrella of the healthcare crisis, but this one really made me, um, made me think this is maybe one of the things that we need to start addressing. And so the, it's from CPR.org. Do we know what that is? No, but. Okay. Well, um, we'll have to look that up. Is it Colorado public radio? Oh, oh, there you go. Thanks. Yes. That makes sense. So the article, their tank is empty. Children's Hospital Colorado declares a state of emergency over kids' mental health by Elena Riviera. And it's just a really short article talking about the demand for behavioral health services over the past four months. They, this hospital, Children's Hospital Colorado, declared a pediatric mental health state of emergency. And the chief medical officer for the hospital said it's unlike anything he's seen in his 20 years of practice and that the kids are completely out of resilience and um, they, it has interrupted their development Mm -hmm. Um, and they have feelings of hopelessness, which is one predictor of suicide ideation and like they're so burnt out. And they don't have the resources to like catch up into school or into life or into activities or whatever. Um, So then they give you a bunch of statistics. Uh, BH visits in emergency departments across the hospital system have increased more than 70% over the same time period in 2019. So that was January to April of this year. And in April 2021 alone, 90% increase over April 2019. So year over year, it's getting uh, so, so much worse. And so now they are, they have plans to increase their BH capacity in one of their locations in Aurora by 50% by next year, um, which includes eating disorder, partial hospitalization, and intensive services. And like, this is just... Oh, and the last statistic I'll share in Colorado Springs, the hospital experienced a 145% increase in youth behavioral health visits compared to January of 2020. Mm. Like, I mean, it's super sad. I do want to tell the kids 
it doesn't get better. Welcome. No. <laughs> Welcome to the rest of your life. Like it is sad. Um and yeah, we are yeah, none of this surprises me. <laughs> me too. Well, um, and then what they're saying was cuz I was like, "Oh my god, you know, this is so crazy." And they're like, "Yeah, the problem is like if we're building these beds, these acute beds, like we're losing the battle against suicide and behavioral health problems. Like you need to start six to eight months ahead, right? It's prevention, it's outreach, it's schools. It's, you know, you, by the time you get to the emergency department, like you're already obviously like in a major crisis and how do you keep it from, I mean, and I have friends, so there are two mom friends that I talked to and their kids are, let's say 10, under 10, 10-ish. Um, they're both on antidepressants as littles. And she was like, we just don't know what to do. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't like think to myself how that was. Uh, I don't know. I didn't, didn't cross my mind. I think it's interesting, right? Because I think that there is clearly we have a societal issue that we as a society need to figure out when it comes to kids and their mental, mental health. Right. And I think that there is a component that does make me ask the question, what has changed over the last 20 years? Cause I'm not saying that there obviously wasn't a problem with adolescents, mental health 20 years ago, 30 years, 40 years ago, clearly there was right. And there are all issues, but I imagine it wasn't to the degree and scale that we are talking about now. So, so what has changed? Has it, has it changed that we are just diagnosing a whole lot more now than we have in times past? Are, are we as adults also looking for a quick fix and we medicate ourselves a lot. So now we just push it off into our kids or do we have world stressors that have just exacerbated to, and now all of us are fucked. And I mean, I'm leaning probably towards a little couple of both, but more towards world stressors, all of us are fucked. And like, how do we, how do we stop that? Right? Like, how do we stop this from becoming worse? Do we, is it one of those things? Like, do you do have to cut back on screen time a hell of a lot more? Do we do have to disengage from the 24 hour news cycle and constant social media that, you know, quite honestly, doesn't bring calming (laughs) joys. No, no, it does not. And uh, I think improve. then you throw pandemics and and social unrest and all that stuff. And I mean, well, I and think la- like, I mean, if you were 10 and you had some kind of tenuous grasp on current events and you're like, okay, well, I'm 10 years old and we're already in a water shortage. Like what's well, the they, rest of your life going to look like? And I we think a lot of people this. think that as parents, they, and I'm not one, so I can't speak too freely here, but I think a lot of parents think that they shield their kids from their own stressors that they are going through. Right. Or if you're, if you were freaked out about the election or the George Floyd stuff or the pandemic and your work life, and you think you're having a good face on it, like kids can see through it, right? Like kids understand when mom and dad are stressed and if they're scared or what they're worried about and they don't have the coping skills to see the bigger picture, right? They don't understand you know, that this might be a short-term deal or, you know, they don't have the critical thinking capability. So I think it probably, it hits them harder, even though they, you think that maybe they're not paying attention or they don't know what's going on. 
I think they pick up on the worst vibes that we give off. And these poor little kids just don't have the coping skills yet to deal with it. Um, but well, last year, my, you know, the parks in Minnesota closed. Right. And so my nieces are, they mm-hmm. just turned three and we couldn't go to the park because like the park was dirty. And I was like, oh my God, like we're just destroying them and they're never going to want to go back to the park because now we've just said like the park is closed because it's dirty. <laughs> and then totally. <laughs> like they apparently they cleaned the park and then we all got to go back and it was fine. And, uh, <laughs> but that's where I was just like, this is the end. This is completely. <laughs> yes. They will forever be fucked. <laughs> so 10 years from now, when they are like rocking in a corner, you'll be like, well, Mom and dad told us the park was dirty. Park was dirty. And this is what happens to us. But the if you live on the East Coast, the parks are kind of dirty right now. And I'm sure you've seen this because of the cicadas. Yes. Um, and they are they are apparently a thing. And I don't think we get them very bad over here, right? Am I wrong about this? So I remember when I moved to Sioux Falls in 2007. Um I think that was our cicada time. Like yes, they were. I also learned that they like they go off in different regions at different years. Yes. So it just happens. We're all obsessed with the cicadas right now because the East Coast is where all the news is. So yes, like that's so they're why all talking about it. the East Coast weather we talk about more than other places because this is just happening to them right now. Yes. And where the most people live. But so they're all talking <laughs> about it right now. And NPR had a article titled. A fungus is pushing cicada sex into hyperdrive and leaving them dismembered. Um, I don't know who wrote. Oh, by Karen Zorba. And I thought this was funny because, of course, I see all of the news coverage where all the people are freaking out. And like, we have to cancel for the July because the cicadas and cicadas are the bugs that come back like every 17 years. They like live in the ground and they come back and they basically have sex for a few weeks and then they all die and the cycle renews itself. They seem like a pretty worthless bug. I don't understand why we have to have these ones, but whatever. So this article talked about, they have found that there is a sexually transmitted disease that the cicadas have because, you know, they're basically coming out from the ground just to have sex. One last hurrah before they die. I mean, it's a pretty good life. If you just are born have sex and then die like sleep for 17 years like not the worst not the worst thing in the entire world but they have this fungus that can take over their bodies and it only happens to the male cicadas it doesn't happen to the lady cicadas so clearly the male cicadas have like voodoo on them that makes their wieners fall off because this fungus literally makes their butt with their genitalia fall off of them but when it falls off of them it literally also sends their sex drive into hyperdrive so they want to have sex with everything but they no longer have the parts they just have like what this is the most ridiculous yes it amounts to like a white <laughs> plug of fungus starts to grow where its butt and genitalia live and the article says it resembles basically like a pencil eraser and the male cicadas with the fungus that have the hyperdrive will pretend to be females to get other males over by them only then for them to also get the fungus. Um, 
but it's just interesting that these little bugs can get STDs like the rest of us. Um, and they say it only happens to about 5% of cicadas, but maybe if this fungus continues, this is how we will get rid of the cicadas mm, because their butts and their genitalia will fall off of them and they won't be able to reproduce. So that is a fun fact that I learned. Um, the last quote in the article is great because he's talking about, <laughs> as far as he knows, the bugs are not in any pain. Everyone's having a good time while they're infected. So you don't imagine there's much pain, maybe a desire to listen to the Grateful Dead or something like that, but no pain. <laughs> yeah, they don't hurt. They keep going and nothing happens because they don't have any parts because they fell off. But uh, um, wild. I thought this was wild. Learn something new every day. Uh, any parting thoughts over there? Um, just I spent last weekend with some of our pointers, some of our, our listeners. Okay. So um, shout out Shannon, Joy, Sarah. It's good to see everybody. Shout out, shout out. My I have two parting thoughts, Carmen. Oh, good. One. Yesterday was the series finale of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, and end of an era. Well, it kind of is. Um, but there is going to be an Andy Cohen reunion special that if you are interested in keeping up, go watch the trailer because it looks super good. Um, but also, I have a wackadoodle update. Ooh, I have a, somebody who needs to be was already on the wackadoodle list, but needs to officially be announced. I saw an article, which I didn't want to talk about too much, but disgrace former Congressman Anthony Weiner from New York oh. um, was also married to one of uh, Hillary Clinton's closest advisors. Um, you know, he got caught years ago for basically being a perv on the internet with 15 year old girls. Mm-hmm. Um. Come to find out, he is back on that secret encrypted, like, website where he was talking to the 15-year-olds. The one that the FBI just busted yep. with, like, the yep. tons and tons of criminals? Yep, yep. <gasps> he is back on it. He apparently hasn't done anything bad yet, but um, he did confirm that he is back on the website. And I was like, one, why would you confirm this to people? And you're a creep. God damn wackadoodles. Why don't they go away? That is gross. Um, crazy. And clearly didn't learn his lesson. No. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of pervs on the internet, did you see Jeffrey Tubin got his job back? No. Which one? The which job? Not I CNN, know. I imagine. The one at the I don't know. Twitter was mad about it. Um that his suspension, because if you'll remember, we did talk about uh, Tubin because he was accidentally caught. Yeah, CNN. Um, yes. Jeffrey Tubin, because he was masturbating on a Zoom call with his coworkers. Well, and he thought, and, his, and he thought his camera was on yeah. mute, right? Like he didn't think that he was on camera. I don't, right? That's what we talked about, that he didn't technically he wasn't technically trying to jerk off yes. during a group zoom meeting, but he did do it during a group meeting. Um, fascinating. He's going to be back on CNN. I wonder what that first day is going to be like. 
Hey, everybody. He was gone for seven and a half months, and the CNN executive thinks that he deserves another chance. Oh, good. I love that. I'm sure there was nobody else who could have used a first chance. Hashtag uh, cancel culture. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There were several, like, imagine if this was a woman. (laughs) Oh, wait. A woman would never do that in the first place. (laughs) No, she wouldn't. Uh, Um, That's great. Yeah. Let's so let's go to work. Oh, mm. Mm -hmm. I know it's gonna happen. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our point. Stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discuss in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at our point podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at our point podcast at gmail.com.